Hi, I'm Molly from Michigan City, Indiana, a pharmacy resident at St. Joseph Health System Family Medicine Center in Mishawaka, Indiana. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. and welcome to the Pharmacy Forward podcast. This is Stuart Haynes, and I'm from the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy, and I'm delighted to welcome a very special co-host for this episode, Dr. Eric Boyce from the University of the Pacific in Stockton, California. In this episode, we're going to be talking about professional identity formation. In episode one of this series, we explained what personal and professional identity are and how we all have multiple identities that define who we are and how we see ourselves. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how professional identity is formed and how it influences our behavior. Thank you so much, Stuart. I'm really delighted to join you here on this Pharmacy Forward podcast. You know, throughout our careers, we work very hard and may reflect at times on our accomplishments, but it's not often that we reflect on our own professional identity and how we form that identity. I was very fortunate this last year to have served on the AACP Student Affairs Committee, which was tasked with providing guidance to faculty and schools on professional identity formation. This prompted me to reflect on my own professional identity. It became very apparent to me that my professional identity was formed in a very unstructured manner. It was impacted by the people I met and admired, the experiences I had, and the opportunities given to me throughout my career. My early professional identity was influenced by my fellow students, by pharmacy faculty, and by the pharmacist I worked with when I worked as a pharmacy intern. I was also influenced by activities in the classroom and also within a student professional organization. But little did I realize how subsequent interactions and activities would both reinforce but also revise and reframe my professional identity. Over the years, my identity has evolved from community pharmacist to clinical pharmacist and educator, and most recently to academic administrator. You know, many of those attributes that I developed early in my career serve as a strong base for my continued development and evolution of my professional identity. I think a lot of folks, Eric, think that professionalism and professional identity are the same thing. And and while they certainly are related, there are some key differences. Professionalism, in my mind, is more about knowing what to do and how to behave. It's a kind of a cognitive process. But just because we're knowledgeable about something doesn't mean it always translates into behavior. And it and might not be part of our core beliefs. And our core beliefs are really about our identity. So recently, I've been reading a book called The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, and Dr. Haidt is a well-known moral psychologist and a professor at Columbia University. And in that book, he writes about how our behaviors are shaped by two things, our reasoning and our emotions. Our our emotions are, are rooted deeply within us. They are triggered at certain times and certain events, and it activates certain parts of our brain. And the behaviors that result from those emotions are pretty automatic and often unconscious. Our reasoning, on the other hand, is something that comes from our conscious thinking. 
And he uses a clever metaphor, or at least I think it's a clever metaphor, to describe these two different ways of thinking. Our emotions or our gut reactions are like an elephant. They're big and strong, and they're not easily swayed. And our reasoning is like a rider sitting on top of the elephant. Our reasoning can influence the elephant, but the elephant is pretty darn powerful. And unless the elephant is already leaning in a certain direction, it's really hard for that rider to change the elephant's course. So yes, with time and practice and experience, we can train our elephant to react in a different way, but our reasoning is not really all that powerful. Our emotions are. So deep inside us, if we don't feel it, it's really hard for reasoning alone or knowledge alone to motivate our actions. So professionalism is like our reasoning. We can gain certain knowledge about behaviors that are expected of a professional, but until our elephant feels it, until we believe it at an emotional level, it's not really at the core of who we are. Our elephant is our professional identity. It's our gut reactions, our deep-seated inclinations, and they are deeply held beliefs, which are not easily overridden or changed. So that's why it takes years to form. And while we can grow to understand professionalism by reading books and attending lectures, we don't form our identity until we experience it, often over months and years. Stuart, that is so well said. I really like how you how you framed how we develop over time. And I also agree that we cannot just learn it by reading something that we actually need to experience and go through it. As I mentioned earlier, my professional identity was formed in a very unstructured way. I wonder how we might benefit from a guided process, particularly early in our careers. However, we probably need to strike a balance between formation of our professional identity on our own and the use of guiding activities. Some activities, such as teaching students how to engage in reflection, would be very, very helpful. The AACP Student Affairs Committee provides a set of guiding principles and examples of activities to assist students form their professional identities. Well, in addition to Dr. Boyce, I'm so pleased that we have two guests today, Dr. Alex Isaacs and Dr. Sally Arif. Alex and Sally served on the AACP Student Affairs Committee with Eric, and as practitioners who are a bit more junior than Eric or I, I think Sally and Alex are a bit closer to those formative years of their professional identity formation. I think this is a topic that's really abstract to those who haven't read or thought about it very much. So I hope we can get into some concrete examples during our discussion today. Dr. Isaacs is on faculty at Purdue University College of Pharmacy, and Dr. Arif is at Midwestern University College of Pharmacy Downers Grove, and both are very involved with student development, mentoring, and experiential education. So, Alex, Sally, it's great to have you both on the Pharmacy Forward podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you so much, Eric and Stuart. It's great to be here today with you. So, let's get this conversation started. And I'd like to ask each of you to share with us your journey in forming your professional identity. And if you can, please include some examples of moments or events that made a big impression on you and that changed the way you thought about yourself, yourself as a pharmacist, and yourself as a professional. I think as I reflect on this question and my own personal journey of understanding professional identity formation, I've really asked myself some questions like, who's influenced me? Where have my belief systems come from? 
how have my values been formed? And I've really realized that my professional identity started way before I started pharmacy school, that it really layered on top of my pre-existing identities and values that were very much heavily influenced by my family, and specifically my mother, who was a foreign-trained pharmacist and spent most of my life in research and development side of medication development. And I've watched her career progress and leave an impression on me While our jobs look very different on the surface, we share common goals as it comes to safe and effective medication provision for our patients and even the role of community service. So although my mother's journey took a very quote-unquote untraditional route compared to my clinical pharmacy training, I found that these values were very core to my identity as a professional and even played out later as my PGY2 director, Alex Hansera, encouraged me to go on a medical mission, again, to fulfill my passion for serving the underserved and recognize that this was very key to my professional development. And now I see myself as a practicing faculty member doing the same for my students as I create global experiences for them to go out and serve and even join organizations like FIP, which is an international organization for pharmacists. Much like Eric and Sally, my professional identity was unstructured. When entering college, just like Sally, my mother was a pharmacist as well. So that had heavy roots in who I was. But I think even though I had a lot of experiences in high school and college and even pharmacy school within the hospital pharmacy, I still didn't feel like a pharmacist. I had the foundational knowledge and gradually throughout pharmacy school became more comfortable thinking and acting. But it was really the clinical experiences that became the opportunities for me to feel like a pharmacist. Throughout my APPEs, reflections and discussions with preceptors and residents really helped me evolve my professional identity, and specifically the feeling aspect. While clinical discussions were important for my knowledge foundation, it was really the informal discussions and observations that enabled me to see others modeling behaviors, to see what I wanted to do, and also informally asking them about their transition into practice, what were things they were nervous about. And then within experiential education itself, there was opportunities to really take ownership of patient care. And so, again, not just thinking and acting, but feeling responsible for the delivery of patient care. And that really helped me grow in pharmacy school. For me, though, some of the most foundational components of my own professional identity were in my residency. Through my PGY1 and PGY2 residency program director, Dr. Sarah Nisley, I saw a model on how to deliver patient care enthusiastically. I would see her bouncing between patients, but also connecting with providers and all with the hope of providing optimal patient care. Her modeling was important, but I think more so for me was her mentorship, especially when there were times that I was making mistakes or things were not going as planned. But a lot of it, she challenged me of who I wanted to be as a pharmacist. Did I want to be someone that checked boxes, or do I want to be someone that advocated for patients and put an effort to make sure that I was delivering great care? So one of the things that strikes me about identity formation, including how we develop our professional identity, is how much our experiences are shaped by beliefs. And we can think one thing on an intellectual level, um, but we don't necessarily feel it. Our emotions are really what drive our behavior. So I'm wondering what kinds of experiences are most likely to influence us at an emotional level. Would you be willing to share some examples from your own lives that have really influenced you? 
I agree that emotions are really important and often a catalyst for many of our actions and behaviors and often are the root of a lot of our passions, our motivation and commitment to tasks that we do, not in our only in our personal lives, but in our professional lives. And I feel like one of the keys to this is paying attention to our emotions and being mindful of our feelings, especially in our careers. For example, as I think back to early on when I was a pharmacy intern in pharmacy school during a community practice experience, I will never forget the first time I saw a patient who didn't have insurance and was really struggling to pay for a necessary high cost medication. As I think about the emotions that I had of sadness, anger around the injustices of the healthcare system failing this patient, and why I was triggered because of my own lived experience seeing my own family struggle to make payments for medical care in my childhood, it was really key for me to hold on to those emotions and understand how does this motivate me to change my actions and behaviors as a pharmacist. And now as a teacher, I think about empathy and that one experience that really was pivotal to my understanding of what empathy and patient advocacy was. And I try to leverage this, this idea of using emotions and feelings to drive my work and even my teaching. I try to be intentional with my students, even on rotations when emotions are there, to think about reflecting on why we're feeling the way we are, where we're coming from, from our lived experiences and create space for us to verbalize how it lands with us and to embrace vulnerability because that's really key to processing our emotions. As I mentioned earlier in my own journey, it wasn't until I was able to deliver care and connect with patients through clinical experiences that I truly felt like I was able to think, feel, and act like a pharmacist. To answer the question on emotions and experiences, first, it's important to think about the types of experiences For new practitioners and trainees, I really encourage you to seek challenging clinical experiences that force you out of your comfort zone to learn, to really understand the think, feel, and act components of professional identity formation. And within these experiences, emotions will naturally occur. But it's important, again, to take time to process this, as Sally was mentioning. Uh, One example, I remember when I was a, a PGY1 resident, we had a patient admitted with pulmonary hypertension that was getting discharged just, it was the week before Christmas. Um, And many of the medications are very expensive. She needed this medication to be able to live. And I had got a patient assistance and was able to get the medication free for her. And it was really whenever I was going to educate her and talk to her then about the lack of cost for this medication that I saw the gratitude and she came up and hugged me. And it was something from her emotion that then made an emotional experience for me. I saw not just the impact that I could have, but the emotional experience of what it meant to actually be a pharmacist. And that has really stuck to me to this day almost 10 years later. I think we all recognize how important our experiences have shaped who we are. Our experiences can either reinforce but also sometimes challenge what we believe. We have new experiences and interactions every day, but rarely do they immediately change how we think, what we believe, or how we behave. It seems to me that a critical ingredient to the learning process is reflection, where we think back on an experience or collection of experiences and start to make meaning of those experiences. Only through reflection can we really start to make changes in the way we think, believe, and behave. 
from my own observation and working with students, trainees, and colleagues over the years, I've noticed that some people seem to be really good at reflection. Others, maybe not quite as well. If reflection is so critical to our professional identity formation, what are some of the things that we can do to improve our ability to reflect? In other words, if I want to be better at reflecting, what are some of the habits of mind that I should adopt? So while we all, I think, can agree that reflection is a really powerful tool for self-discovery and introspection, I feel like it's also really important for us to understand that often in health sciences, we're not socialized to necessarily prioritize or value it. So it makes sense that we often don't understand how to reflect well or how to even engage in the process. But I personally have found, as I've really understood professional identity formation myself is that there is an appreciation I should have for this process. And I've really reflected back on my own way of reflection. How have I gotten to where I am with reflection? And I have found that it's really been rooted in my ability to journal. I often have a journal uh, right near me at any time. And it's really been during these very pivotal moment in my career that I've reached for my journal when I've been confused about what decision to make around taking on a project or skills that I feel like I don't have in order to advance myself as a pharmacist or even asking myself, really, where do my passions lie? I found that slowing down, putting pen to paper has been a really great strategy for my mind to process and interpret what's going on around me. I now, as an educator, have found it really important to model this metacognitive process to my students. When we think about moments, we talked about emotions being important, where we are emotional, we have lots of feeling, we ask ourselves, what just happened? So what does this mean to me? And what do I do with this now? So that we can really deepen our perceptions and how they're transforming around what we're learning. So again, I think that journaling practice has been key to my success when it comes to strengthening my appreciation and practice of reflection. So with any activity, people have to see inherent value. It is important for trainees and young professionals to realize the importance of this introspection and reflection in helping advance their career and also their professional identity formation. To learn about some of these reflective practices, I encourage you to ask preceptors, mentors, faculties, and other pharmacists about their reflective processes and how it helped them in their careers and their own professional identity formation. Ask them questions as to why they reflect, what do they reflect on, and how do they reflect, the frequency, do they document this, etc. For myself, I try to schedule time at least every three months. To be honest, as a trainee, I used to do this much more frequently, and I probably should do it more frequently now. But whenever I dedicate this time, I do schedule it in my calendar, and I usually try to do it in the morning without any distractions. So for me, while technology is great, on my computer, there's email, there's other distractions. So I usually do it. I have a pen and paper where I write some of this down. Some of this may sound old school, but it's something that has worked for me. So ultimately, again, taking time for me to reflect on my goals and who I am and who I want to be as a pharmacist over the last quarter, and then also looking forward to the next one. So again, this works for me. For others, there may be different practices, but I challenge you to take ownership in your professional identity exploration. I encourage you to create a plan for reflecting. A great way is just documenting and journaling what went on within some of your clinical experiences. So you can talk about wins for the day, things that went well, areas for improvement or, or knowledge 
deficits and also making sure to hit on some of the emotions that we talked about earlier from those clinical experiences. For some, the simple task of journaling may help to simulate reflection, but not for all. For some, it may be more collaborative and working with peers, mentors, or others to help facilitate this dialogue. The goal really of the infusion of professional identity within health professions education and pharmacy education is to help you to think, act, and feel like a pharmacist. But again, there are different paths to this endpoint. Knowing that reflection, just like professional identity formation, is a work in progress. Stuart, thank you for setting the stage and having us appreciate the differences between professionalism and professional identity formation. The elephant analogy is great and hopefully helps us all appreciate the challenges students may face and as they begin to change who they are. Thinking about our emotions and how they impact our own professional identity is also very, very helpful. The examples you provided on how you reflect is also very meaningful. I've never used a journal. Uh, I may start to do so. I'm sure that would help. We learned that professional identity formation is a very individual process. It is impacted by experiences prior to entering the profession, as well as throughout our education, our training, and our work as a pharmacist. We each have our own story. And I'm so glad to hear the story from, from Sally and Alex and learn from their stories as well. This has also provided me with some additional thoughts to reflect upon, to see how my emotions and to reconsider how I'm reflecting. Students begin to develop their professional identity early in the program. So it is important to provide early activities to enhance a sense of belonging, begin the socialization process into the profession, learn how to harness and manage one's emotions, and also learn the importance of purposeful reflection. I think this is such an important topic, but it's not one that's easily understood. And so I want to thank our guests for making it more accessible. I, I want to thank Eric for being my co-host and helping me put together this episode. And, and likewise, a, a big thank you to our guests, Sally and Alex, for sharing with us their very personal journeys, their journey towards becoming professionals and pharmacists. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit pharmacycpd.org. That's pharmacycpd.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.